We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You knew the risks when you decided to drive drunk. There could be a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But that didn't stop you, did it? You knew you could get arrested. You could incur huge legal expenses, and you could possibly even lose your job. You were well aware of the consequences of driving drunk. But one thing's for sure. You were wrong when you said it was no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. This message brought to you by NHTSA. My people, KJ Podcast, we continue the summer getting some of my favorite media people on the line. We got Dre Knott, Cleveland, Fox Sports, Ohio, Indians reporter. Dre, I appreciate your time, bro. What's up? No problem. What's up, man? Uh, it's fun to uh, be back, uh, be with you on the pod after all you being out in the West Coast, being with you. Yeah, we, Dre and I got after it a little bit at Pete's Sports Bar in North Beach. Shout out to Pete's. They always treat us well there. Um, you were in town for the Oakland A's. You have fun in the Bay or no? Dude, I love the Bay. I love the Bay, because, and, and this is just me, and obviously I'm not from there. I'm uh, from Northeast Ohio my entire life. But uh, to me, just the contrast of just so many different things to do, whether you're in San Fran or whether you're in Oakland. Uh, I've, 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 I traveled years ago with the Browns out there. It was the first time that I did that. Uh, and I just every time I go out there, I seem to come back with a different story. To me, it's always unbelievable. And I got to say this about Oakland, whatever, the Ricky Henderson Field, whatever they want to call it. <laughs> Um, Giant Stadium is one of the, the stadium the Giants play in is one of the nicest, most beautiful stadiums I've ever had any connection with, and I know everybody has something bad to say about Oakland Coliseum, and I um, and I agree with all those things, but I love that place. Uh, I will be sad when we no longer have games played in that place. Um, it's just because it's a different culture there, it's a different sound there, 
their 5,000 fans sound better than most people's 20,000 fans. Um, and for me, the relic in me and the old school guy in me, I love that um, uh, for people that are from Northeast Ohio, from Cleveland, it feels like old Cleveland Brown Stadium. The sounds, the smells, the lack of uh, yeah. elevators. Um, <laughs> and we just don't have, and, we, and Kay, Kay, we just don't have those places anymore, man. Like, and, and God bless it that we have these new stadiums and they're beautiful and you get, and, you know, and you can get Wi-Fi and all that stuff, but there are only so many places left like the Coliseum. So if you're out, if you're out on the Bay or out, you just go out there and support the A's once or twice before it's gone. I know it, it, there's sure. politics that are involved, but there is something about going to that Coliseum. I've done football there. I've done baseball there. Um, there's a smell. There's a smell like no other from there as well. That's usually weed, but there's like, <laughs> it's just, it's no place. There's no place like it. And I just and I and I know this because and you know this well about me, Kev. Uh, I've traveled the country going to stadiums, and I've been blessed to do it. Um, and look, it's not the best stadium, but it's the best atmosphere. And I just want people to know that I have a true respect when I get to go to that that part. You guys don't know Dre. Not he's like a Cleveland preacher. The way he talks about sports, I just want to give him the floor here. I mean, he, he's directing things right now. I, this is podcast is going to be a lot about LeBron, the city of Cleveland. But I mean, we're on the Bay right now. My my fans are Bay Area listeners. Let's start there. I mean, Boogie Cousins gets signed. I know Cleveland hates Golden State more than the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, the hatred for the Golden yeah. State Warriors right now. Is basketball ruined, in your opinion? What's the, feel- uh, what's the feeling of Cleveland right now and Golden State? We're going to get to LeBron, Dan Gilbert, Kyrie. Right. Oh, we're going to unpack everything here in half an hour with Dre. But <laughs> right now, the Bay Area. I think it's the most hated sports town in the country right now. Yeah. I mean, it's up there. There's no doubt about it. I mean... I think the I think for me um, the question is this obviously um, basketball I, I've seen some people kind of talk about you know well, the NBA and, and and people don't care about the NBA and par- what is parity and you worked in the NFL for a long time and, and I think the one thing that Paul Tagliabue would try to do years ago with the NFL was try to make every city all 32 cities feel like they had a a, a, a chance you know at the beginning of the year to be a playoff contender. Uh, to possibly go to a Super Bowl. And the NFL, for the most part, has found its way through parity. Um, baseball, for whatever reason, we've had these, we've, you know, it's basically been, the, you know, the Yankees, uh, St. Louis Cardinals. The Giants had a hell of a run, a uh, great run for a long time. But really, you know, but baseball, sometimes you, your teams peek in and out. You know, yeah, the Cubs, for sure. That was a part of the Cubs-Indians. Cubs, uh, and I'm getting to this because, um, if the Indians don't win this year, it'll be 70 plus years since they won. And, and obviously they don't want to go to that realm. I say this because for everybody that's freaking out right now, because that's the state of what we are, our country and our mind is, we freak out before we let things come to fruition. Uh, you're right. Everyone hates Golden State right now. Everybody hates the Bay. But it's not really hate. It's jealousy, right? I, I mean, we can go back and forth on what jealousy or hate is. And I'll say this about the, I'll, you know, because, I mean, hell, anybody that's been a, ever dated somebody or ever been in a bad or good relationship. I think, Sports I think is hate. like that. I mean, yeah, it, there's so much emotions pouring out at all times. But, I mean, the Warriors right. are lifting more emotions than I could remember a team of lifting in a long time. Absolutely. But, Kay, it's, it's, KJ, it's this, and I, and I got to say this. Basketball's never had parity, man. I mean, it, it, for and people like want to fight me on this, but it's like if you just go through it, the NBA has made itself. Whether it be Bill Russell when it went like nine or ten back in the sixties, I, I mean, there's been little short stints and periods. Like I, I think in '78, like when '78, '79, and I don't have this in front of me. I'm going off the top, yeah. So I'm sure you'll get you'll get what I get. 
you'll get people tweeting and texting and, and, and coming at you saying, oh, this dude was off by a year. And I may be off a little bit. But, I mean, just hear my but just hear my point. Like, I think Seattle won. Portland were good in, like, in the late 70s, early 80s. But tell me when it hasn't been. I mean, the NBA is the NBA, whether we love it or hate it. And I know the people in the Bay love it right now. But the NBA has been built upon dynasties, right? Like, we've all got the, the Lakers. You know, Pat Riley. Pat Riley coin back to back and made money off of it back when he was with the Lakers. Think about like he literally like they won their first champ they won a championship. Magic Jackson gets up in front of the parade and was like, we're going back to back. Or maybe back to back to back. But he patented that and made money off of it. Like imagine Steve Kerr right now patenting five out of four six or six out of seven or the team of the yachts or whatever the hell we call what we're at right now. Like, like but like so when we I think we get so caught up in, in the now Kev that we don't realize that the NBA has become the NBA because of Lakers, because of the Celtics, um, because of the Detroit Pistons, because of some guy named Michael Jordan. Um, San Antonio has been its own dynasty in its own way or whatever shape or form. Um, look, in Cleveland, where I'm at, and where, where they're redoing the, the building that the team plays in, and I guess they're doing it for concerts because it ain't going to be for basketball games. Um, yeah, it sucks a little bit that you don't, that, cause the one thing I think that, and we'll, I know we'll get to this, um, appreciate where you're at. It, like Golden State's got great fans. I don't know how great they'll be when they move to the new, the new arena. Not as great. Uh, no, it can't be. It just won't be. But at the same time, like, I think for the NBA, I stay up late night for me. I can't wait for what we're going to have with Golden State and with the Lakers. I get why people are pissed right now. Like when I when the Boogie Cousins thing happened, we were in Kansas city. Uh, baseball games going on and our third base coach literally looks over at me and he goes he goes I just heard somebody say something about Boogie Cousins I go yeah Golden State he, and he just mouthed to me you got to be kidding me um so that's it is a strong moment when you got people across the country that have nothing to do with the NBA yelling and you know looking at me going I can't believe this is happening the NBA um, offseason has become bigger than their season the player yeah. movement these chess pieces are bigger than actual franchises Boogie Cousins matters more than the Atlanta Hawks right now like certain individual players right. are that valuable in shifting power and it, it's kind of cool to see players take ownership of a league like this it's dangerous because of team stacking but we're talking about the NBA right now. We can't get enough of it. The emotions are, are incredible. This is normally a football game that people are so outraged at. Basketball has not caused outrage. I think it's actually good for the sport. I, you know what it is? I think in this day and age with Twitter and podcasts and just the way that we can communicate, communicate and communicate so quickly, um, it is amazing. And the NBA has been front and center on that. And, 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 I, and I know people that have never listened to me before um, – I'm a huge football guy. I love the NFL. I love everything about it. You and I, and we can get into this if, if we have time or we'll do another pod when football starts, just about the, what it feels like at one o'clock to be in an NFL stadium. Yeah. Um, there's nothing like it. I, I love that conversation that we had. Um, but the NBA has taken advantage of the situations that have been put out here. They're front and center on every part of what the game is about right now. As I said, with social media, uh, with allowing their players to speak their minds and, and not trying to hold them back and, and letting them have their own, uh, you know, like here, I'll give you a perfect example. Like, you know, when Jordan's came out, when Michael Jordan was a rookie in like 85, 86, um, and you know, Nike wanted to put him in the air Jordans and, you know, really, it was really rigid regimented on what kind of shoes you could wear and, and, you know, the colors they could be in that nature where basically Nike told, told Michael Jordan for the first year, we'll pay for whatever fines you get. You're going to wear these shoes. 
obviously in 2018, we all know what that became. <laughs> it's become a it's become a $200 billion business and industry just for Michael Jordan himself for his shoes. And Major League Baseball in 2018, uh, we have a pitcher named Mike Clevenger, cool as can be. You guys will love him on the Bay. He's got long hair, great tattoos, throws uh-huh. 95 miles an hour. Uh, he's he's the new Tim Lincecum for the Cleveland Indians. He likes to get shoes with his like with with sunflowers painted on them, uh, with his daughter's names on them. The dude's got style and grace. He wears, um, he he just he's he he just he's just different, you know. He wears Jimi Hendrix jackets and and, and yeah. shirts to games. The dude is on a different level, and he got fined like half the season this year because his shoes were they had sun they had sunflowers painted on them, and they had his daughter's names and, and Moana pictures on the back of his, of his, of his, of his cleats. And finally, major league baseball is just coming out in the last like two weeks. And they're saying, you know what? We need to let you guys have more individuality. We'll let you guys do your shoes. The way oh, you I mean, want, as long as- yeah. Baseball. We could, I mean, they're just so bad. Right. Bro. Like they're, right. they're but, in a bad yeah. spot. They haven't they adapted. And I, no. And, and like, and they're trying to adapt. And I guess my point to this is um, because I've had people and I don't know about you. And this is the fight for, for the people that aren't in the bay. Cause you guys are like celebrating every day. Listen to E40 and listen to tell me where to go. And I, and I get it. And you ride with your doors open. And I, and I get it. I would be too. But for the rest of the world, they're all saying like, I, and, and we know how the political stance and slants come from some people, but I get people tweet me of all uh, oh, the, the, the players are running the asylum. It's, it's a joke. The players are running this league. The players have all the say. And I'm like, yeah, but the owners are making more money than ever before. They got more people watching the game than ever before. Sure. They've got more traction. They got more traction across the country. I cannot forget our country, across the world. Like, do you know how big? Like, people don't realize Derrick Rose is one of the best-selling Adidas tennis shoes in China. We know that he's washed up and he'll never be an MVP anymore. <laughs> and he's making more money. He makes more money from Adidas than he does from the NBA. The point is, is like the world. The world loves the NBA right now, and because of the Dream Team and because of things like that, you're getting top four picks every year from other countries. Um, True. Believe it. Believe the hype, man. The NBA is at the is, is at the forefront right now of where every major sport wants to be. I think when LeBron left for Miami, it was viewed as him going to college, him just getting away from Ohio. He needed that. He was still in his 20s at the time. Came back to Cleveland. We all know that story. He wanted to give the city of championship he made through on that promise. Everyone's saying him going to LA is all about his business. You're from Akron. What is his business? What's his business going to be? Is he going to be Michael Jordan with the shoe brand? Is he going to take uninterrupted, make it bigger? Is he going to create a social media platform? Like LeBron James, 10 years from now, he wants to be magic Johnson. We get it. He wants to be a billionaire and respected in all these meeting rooms. What is his business going to be? Well, I think, Kev, I think that's a great question. I, I think I, here's, I think the one thing about LeBron, and, and just from my background, I've known him since he was probably about 13, 14 years old. I'm not best friends with him. Uh, I went to St. Vincent, St. Mary. I'm seven years older than him. I was already in college by the time he was there. Uh, I've watched him and covered him since he was 14, 15 years old. Um, for people out there that to get a chuckle, Brian Winhorse, who you see all over ESPN, we graduated high school and college together, played Little League Baseball against each other. Um, his, his mom taught me, him, and LeBron sex ed because he was a health teacher softball coach at St. Vincent St. Mary. Um, so funny. Uh, yeah, and, and those are all – it's just, you know, the six degrees of separation of my life. Uh, I don't know exactly what the business – here's the business standard I would say. I would feel like if you're LeBron James and from being around and knowing the people that I know, he's already kind of matched. 
I don't want to say match Jordan in the shoe sales, but he's he's damn near as right. He's got his own shoe line. He's got a he's got a lifetime member lifetime deal with Nike. Has his own you know shoes, his own brand. Um, obviously, it's not the Jordan brand just yet, but for an active player. Um, and now they've gone back and and like think about what they and and I'm kind of a shoe. I'm kind of a sneakerhead, a 40 year old sneakerhead. Like I don't spend all the money that I used to on it, but I still keep up on it. Um, it's kind of like hip hop. Like I still love hip hop, but I don't buy every album like I used to. And they don't call them albums no more. <laughs> I don't download every. Are you not on Spotify? You got to be on Spotify at this point. I, I we had this talk. I'm on I'm on Apple. But this is the greatest thing about being on the West Coast. When I when I was hanging out with KJ, uh, this is just a side note. We'll get back to what the question. Um, Drake came out that night, and like for me, I'm used to having to wait till midnight on Friday for you know on Thursday morning Friday for an album to drop. I'm kicking it with KJ. We looked out, it's like 8.55, and I'm like, man, Drake is about to come out like right now. (laughs) You get everything earlier. Kev, like we kicked it all night. I went back to my hotel room and I listened to Drake for like an hour and a half. It just like, it just had the time of my life. And I was like, (laughs) it wasn't even midnight yet. I was like, this is this. Albums come out Thursday night here, not Friday. Right. It was, and it was awesome. But the LeBron, to go back to the LeBron thing, um, I think his business model it's very easy to go off of Jordan in the shoes. And that's the comparison that we have because that's just the generation we have. Um, I think the comparison is more Magic Johnson. Um, and I think the comparison is Magic Johnson being a corporate businessman who's owned everything from Starbucks to movie theaters to car dealerships to ownership of the Dodgers for a little while, ownership, part ownership of the LA Lakers. Um, I, you know, I told the story on my podcast and I won't, I won't, re- I won't go through all of it, but I read a book by Jeff Perlman called Showtime a couple of years ago. Jeff Perlman, I think, is a great writer, works for The Athletic now. Um, and by the way, the Bay's got the athletic – for The Athletic, and I'm not doing commercials for them. They don't even pay me. They should. Uh, the Bay has the best writers on their whole set. Like, the, I love reading The Athletic and all the Bay writers. Oh, yeah, Marcus, um, Ethan, Dude, Anthony yeah. Slater, TK. Yeah, they have a – they're loaded. They are loaded. They have they've, – they've changed the game, Kev. I mean, you know, you know you were, you're a writer as well. The Athletic has changed the game with who they've got in the Bay Area. So kudos to them. I read Bay Area stuff like I live out there because they're so good. Um, but not to be revisionist, but I'll just put it this way. I think LeBron's thing is when you look at what Magic Johnson is, Magic Johnson learned from Dr. Buss who to go to when he needed to make business moves, who to know you know, in L.A., who to take over in that scene, whether it be movies. And I think LeBron wants to have his own – the movie thing is a big deal to him. And having his, you know, and having his hand in that, he's already got his Oak Hill or Oak, Oak, or, uh, Oak or I can't even think of it. He's got a TV um, series. He's yeah, he's he's been yeah. in movies. Yeah, he wants that. Right, he wants that. And I just think overall, and I've said this on my podcast. I've said this in Northeast Ohio, um, and this will run deeper for people that live back where I'm at over than with yours. But we can talk about it. I think his one of the biggest points of his decisions were he absolutely is his business. But I think he'd rather learn business in the next step and next phase of his life from Magic Johnson than Dan Gilbert. 100%. I wanted to get to Dan Gilbert, too. We can include it in this. But I think Cleveland actually matured as a city after winning a championship. They became less reactionary. There's obviously the Browns where so much anger is directed every Sunday from September to January, even the offseason. We'll see if that's actually changing. But... They, I guess Cleveland kind of accepted that he was leaving. They got the ring. They, it just felt like, obviously, no jersey burnings, anything. And Dan Gilbert did set the tone last time when he left but with that letter and creating the outrage. He, I don't think he realizes 
the impact that he's had. Clearly, David Griffin, that they didn't extend him. That was stepping stone one to losing Kyrie. So much dysfunction. But it just feels like the city of Cleveland's handling this really well. Yeah, I, I think – well, I, and to me, and I've only been back for about 15 hours, 16 hours, but obviously I've, I've got a feel for it between my Twitter followers, my Instagram followers. I, I think we're dealing with it well, Kevin, because no matter how bitter you are – and I know there's some bitterness for some people – um, LeBron did pick to come back home and he said he was coming back home to bring a championship to a place that hadn't had one in over 60 years, 50 plus years. And he did that. So no matter how you truly feel about him leaving again and how you feel about him being from Akron or how you feel about this or that. And I think the, the mature, I think you use the word mature and I agree. I think number one, he brought a championship back here and he, and he, he, by his own choice, he wasn't drafted here. He wasn't forced to be here. He made the choice to come back here to bring a championship to Northeast Ohio. He accomplished that. And I think in the realm of going back to Golden State and going back to everything that's going on in the Bay, I mean, we may look back five years, 10 years, 15 years from now, you'll be calling me to do a podcast, and we may be saying that without LeBron and, and Kyrie and that, and that miracle that, that went down a couple of years ago, dude, Golden State may have won six, seven in a row. Like, there's, a, there's, there's a chance. Like, there's a legitimate chance that we could be talking in three, four years that, that, that LeBron and that unbelievable comeback from the three, that being down 3-1, that may go down category. That might have categorized as one of the biggest upsets and biggest wins in NBA history, considering where Golden State could go going forward. The other thing is LeBron has done so much off the court in Northeast Ohio. Um, I just think that you're a fraud if you, if you give him shit or if you, give, if you go at him uh, incorrectly. Because I think between the schools he's given out, the money he's given back for college scholarships, the school he's just opened. Um, my sister's a, a school teacher in Akron Public Schools. Uh, he's put a million dollars into St. V, the high school, my alma mater. And the, and he had a million-dollar gym now. Uh, the gym is legitimate. It's called you know, LeBron James uh, Arena. Um, when you just look at the impact he's put in, in Akron and in Northeast Ohio, um, at some point in time, if you are frustrated, you got to get over yourself and, and stop stop feeling bad for yourself. And I think that's where the maturity comes from. He brought us a championship, and what he's done off the courts is beyond what we've ever seen any athlete do. I'm a huge LeBron fan. I was skeptical as a Wizards fan when I first moved to Cleveland. I'm like, ah, this guy. And then I saw it. I saw the impact. Up that's because that's because you that's because you had Soldier Boy representing the Wizards when we were killing Gilbert Arenas and Agent Zero. Dude, I, the Wizards are a clown show. Oh, it's a clown <laughs> show. I can fully admit it. I root for clown shows. At least the Caps gave us one little token of joy. Um, but Kev, I lo- Kev, I love that. Let me tell you, like, my room, like, remember when they were playing the playoffs every year? Quick story. So Ohio State, Michigan is like everything. It's Stanford Cow out there. It's whatever the big football it's bigger rivalry is. Yeah, it's way bigger. So we go to Ohio State, Michigan, and this is like uh, I want to say this is like oh, it was the hundredth meeting. It was when it, Troy, it was when Troy Smith won the the Heisman. I'm, I may be off a year. Oh five, oh six. My life yeah, out. yeah, whatever. So we go like we go. I go do a I do a radio show pregame because it was a noon kickoff. So we go overnight, stay up all night, party. I go do a show at like 8 a.m. Uh, at Eddie George's restaurant, which is right down the street from. I don't know, man. I don't know. Did we ever take you to Ohio? We should have took you. To Ohio. No, I went one time for the uh, for a, a orange or brown scrimmage, aka. Oh yeah, yeah, that was that, stupid yeah. though. Yeah, That's not the fake. same. That was fake. That, but yeah, that but was, I but I know where fake. I know where Eddie George's is. But yes, that was a fake yeah. football game I went to. Yeah, that was fake news. I should we should have brought you to a real one. Um, <laughs> So, you know, so so during that, so that game happens, and it was an unbelievable game. It was when it was one versus two, uh, last game of the season. Like, it was just a classic, right? So we all we all party. We all have a good time. We're at the game. And my roommate at the time, 
we can't find him at the end of the game. And I'm like, what's up? Where'd you go? And I text him. He's like, dude, I'm halfway home. I'm trying to go to the queue tonight and see Gilbert Arenas go against the Cavs. Like, the Wizards-Cavs were like – and that was a regular season game in, like, November, dude. Like, in the beginning of the season. And my roommate, who's just a bad my, – my roommate at the time. Uh, I'm married now. I'm not a roommate now. I got a wife. But my roommate at the time, like, the NBA and the Wizards and the Cavs, Dude, that was a real rivalry. Like, literally, my dude left Ohio State, Michigan, so he could get back to Cleveland, so he could see Gilbert Arenas take on the Cavs. It was a real rivalry. Washington just didn't win enough. <laughs> oh, no. Gilbert Arenas was one of my favorite players growing up. Um, got Dre Knott on the KJ podcast. Part of me thinks LeBron, he's still going to be criticized, and this is really the only angle you can come at him, Dre, is – he could have went to Houston. He could have went somewhere where winning was more of the priority. And I totally get it. Even if he goes to Houston, I think the Warriors are still cleaning him up. I, I don't think that his style would have fit there. But part of me, part of me thinks the three-year contract with LA, he's really he's accepted in his mind. He's probably it's it's going to be a huge accomplishment to get another championship there. Even if he gets the Lakers respectable into the Western Conference Finals a bunch, I think in his mind he's not playing for championships anymore. No, no, I, you, and that's, and I, you know, I know you listen to my pod, my podcast, it's the A to Z podcast. Check it out on iTunes after you check out Kevin's. Um, and that was the conversation Zach and I had. You know Zach and I's relationship. We, um, we tell we're, we're dead honest with each other, and and he and that bothers. It seems to bother Zach that Does. someone's so competitive. Yeah, and I get why someone so competitive as LeBron and someone at such an impact uh, that's had so much of an impact in the league. Um, he, we can't. It's hard for us to think of him making a decision basketball-wise and making that decision knowing that he may not win at all. That's tough, right? Um, but I don't see him getting out of I don't see him getting out of the second round in the West right now as things are constructed right now. Now, obviously, there's going to be trades. There's going to be moves. There's going to be, you know, sure. there's, there's, the team, by the time next April comes around, I have a feeling the Lakers roster, you'll probably have six or seven new guys or faces that aren't on there now. But I still don't see. I mean, look at look how close Houston was. Now let me say this. I know it's 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 real it's real casually said by people now that well, if Chris Paul doesn't blow out his hamstring, you know they beat the Rockets beat Golden State. Maybe I took Golden State as a team that was bored, and then Houston pissed them off, and they and they were no longer bored, and they turned it up a notch, and they blew us out, and they blew Houston out. Um, and I thought Houston would be somewhere where he would think about going, but like you said, the style wouldn't fit. I thought if LeBron wanted to win and it was all about winning, he would have went to Philadelphia, even though I thought they would, that, would, that would retard the growth of Ben Simmons because Simmons can't shoot and he needs the ball in his hand to be productive. Um, but really, I think what LeBron – and this is just my – this is me speaking for him, and I hate speaking for yeah, other for men. Yeah, for sure. But to me, it's like what he accomplished in the East. Um, and Shaq kind of said this before he made a decision. His legacy is already set as a basketball player. Um, we're already comparing him to the best player ever. So everything, whatever, anything he does from here is just a cherry on top. So if he gets to a Western Conference final, if he gets to a final, if he wins a final as a Laker, will there? And I'll ask you this question: What will the fight be for anybody ever to say against him and Jordan? True. Forward, you, he you know he, I mean? like he, he, he does, is stacking the deck for himself if he somehow does sneak a title past Golden State in the next four years. And you know, they could have injuries. I mean, Clay could leave. They 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 could fall apart. Of course. Yeah, I, I, you're right. If, if he wins a title over Philadelphia or Boston as a member of the Lakers, the, you can easily say that he's had a better career than Michael Jordan start to finish. He's Look at his resume. It's literally unblemished. 
Right. It literally is. It literally would be. Because the one thing I go off of, going to this finals eight years straight in the East with two different teams, phenomenal. Getting to the finals this year with the Cavs team that they had and the dysfunction they had all season. I, I think when we, when we go back and look at what he truly did, Kev, like right now we're, too, we're so caught up. In, I mean, dude, the, the finals is over like a month ago. <laughs> and, like, and I bet you've got more talk and you'll get more streams and more people likes. You'll get more people talking about LeBron moving than, than the Warriors winning another finals. Like, because like you said, the offseason right now, the tra- is bigger than the season almost. But what LeBron has accomplished in the East, and I think this is another thing that nobody's thought about. Dude, LeBron knows the league well. Boston is going to be a bitch the next six, seven years. If they can stay healthy, they get Kyrie's head right, um, and that's a big if. Um, Philadelphia is going to be a beast. Getting out of the East is no longer going to be the cakewalk that it was maybe last three, four years for LeBron. So I think he felt like no matter where I go, it's going to be a battle to get to the finals. And I absolutely agree with him. Maybe the Pacers took them to seven games this year, Kev. I mean, and, like, and like literally took them to seven games and had a chance to win it. So I, I think he made this move knowing that, that the game was going to be tougher no matter who he put his uniform on for next year. Last couple of minutes with Dre. Now we'll shift to the Browns. He is the Indians Fox Sports sideline reporter, but he used to cover the Browns. He's got his pulse on that football team. Baker Mayfield, I, you made some great points about him. I think that he should be in the lineup by October, unless Tyrod Taylor has his team at 4-2 and two and is right. one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And then you kind of said, why? What, why? You, you, can't put yeah. the, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. If you, you could screw some things up with Baker <laughs> if you're really going to commit to things. But my thing is, isn't Hugh Jackson coaching for his job? If this team doesn't go 5-11, and 6-10, they're probably going to make a coaching change. It's... I don't like when a regime kind of starts and you inherit another coach. And they've been really bad about this in Cleveland about not starting everyone together on the same thing. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a Hugh hater, I, you know, and I, I don't. I know you're not. I don't catch every single bit of coverage up there. It seems like people gave Hugh a, a, a really big pass for these two years. Is the pressure yeah. on Hugh? When should Baker play? Your big picture Brown stuff. Yeah. Oh, Kev. Um, yes, you hit on a lot of stuff. Um, here's my deal, and you know this because you've been in the building, and, and more recent than I have, like in the building, in the building. I was in it for a long time, too. Um, you just gave the microcosm of the issues of the Cleveland Browns since 99. Uh, the dysfunction starts before everybody even gets the field in, in August because usually the GM president didn't hire the coach or the coach and the GM didn't draft the quarterback. And there's always this, like, Brady Bunch, like, and I shouldn't say Brady Bunch, but we had, we had Brady out like, but, you know, we have this Brady Bunch, like, uh, family character, you know, put together. It's like, you know, it's like, you know, we were once – this, and then we become this big family. Well, it's not like the Brady Bunch in the NFL. Because if <laughs> I didn't draft you, I don't give you the same rope as I give the guy that I draft. Um, here's Baker Mayfield thing. Do I think he was worthy of the number one pick? Mm, not really. Um, I don't. I just – I didn't think he was the best quarterback in the draft. I know he's got moxie. I know he, he, he believes in himself. Um, I just think some of his act is not going to play well in the NFL. Now, in saying that, though, the Browns made the commitment of making him the number one overall pick. They think he fits all the characteristics of what they want going forward. They've got a new GM in John Dorsey who has had some success in Green Bay and in For Kansas sure. City. Um, the Hugh thing, it, it is. It's an arbitrage. It's, it's the elephant in the room. He's won one game in two seasons. I mean – and and it's, and I think it's hard for the media that covers the team. I think it's hard for the fans that go to the games. I think it's hard for all of us because everything that he has no like 
Kevin, you know how this is. Every NFL coach is going to make a, a weird decision in the first two, three weeks of the season, right? Like, you know, they're going to go for it on fourth and one from the 50 and, and call like a, a, you know, call a toss play or call a slant, whatever, you know, or, or blitz on third down or not blitz on third and two. For and, sure. And like, it, like football is one of those sports, more so than baseball, more so than basketball. It is so easy to criticize a coach because there's stoppage of play and then we can break down one play at a time. Like, most people can't break down a pitch sequence that Corey Kluber throws. You know, like, you can, but there's not guy. you know, like Sean Mania, and I wasn't going to say, oh, Sean Mania should have thrown a changeup on that 2-1 pitch. There's people that can do it, but it's not the same, right? Um, so, Hugh Jackson has that going against him, and that sucks. My thing about Baker Mayfield, they went out and got Tyrod Taylor. Um, the Browns' biggest issue, in my, in my estimation, of the last couple of years was just finishing drives. Um, and when you finish a drive, getting a field goal is not always finishing a drive. In the NFL, you got to get six. Um, the turnovers, the turnover battle has always been an issue for the Browns because they lose it. Um, and I'm just, you know, they, when you lose a turnover battle, battle and you don't have better players than the other team, you're going to lose. They finally are at a point. They may have with if Josh Gordon can pass all his P tests, and that's the biggest this ever. <laughs> um, it, it is. I mean, if he can't, if they, if he can't, he should, if he plays 16 games next year, he should go to the Pro Bowl. Like, like, just for being clean. <laughs> like, Seriously, though. Seriously. I mean, the dude, you've seen him. His body, he's built like nobody else. Uh, but between him, they get the guy from Miami, who, who Jarvis Landry, who can move the chains. Um, they've got Njoko, who, Njoko, who's a tight end from Miami, who's only 20, 21 years old and built like a Greek goddess. Um, they have the characteristics to have an offense that should be able to move the ball. they got running backs. Duke Johnson, I don't even know how he's going to play. Uh, they got Hyde, who you guys had out in San Francisco, who was a former Ohio State guy, has the best uh, Twitter handle in the world, um, like in my in my estimation. They have things that they should be able to be a competent offense. And competent to me is like just, you know, middle of the pack, 16th. To me, if you could do that, that would teach Baker Mayfield more than just putting him on the field and saying, well, we're putting him on the field because he's the number one pick. The Browns have to establish and get a quarterback that's their quarterback for the next decade. They have pushed every quarterback that they've drafted since 99 and put them on the field before they were ready. And what it does is it retards the growth of them, and they never grow into the player that they should be because they're trying to overcome being a, basically an expansion franchise 15 years later, uh, trying to get over the hump and trying to get past the comparisons of Tim Couch, Brady Quinn, Derek Anderson, uh, you know, I can, Brandon Whedon, I can go down the list. We've all covered one or two that shouldn't have been there. And let me take it here. You were covering a team, and maybe it's be- its last best year. It's glory years. And I think you, seven and nine. Are you? Year. Are you kidding? You were in it. You got on a plane in Atlanta, GA, from the Georgia Dome, and it was Josh Gordon's first game back, and they killed a hometown guy uh, by, and they made Josh Gordon come, and and they forced the ball to Josh Gordon way too many times that game because he had just come back, and basically. The franchise, the ownership, forced Johnny Manziel to be the starting quarterback when they were 7-4, and four, and it's been hell since they made that decision. To me, just knowing that situation, and I'm not comparing Johnny Manziel and, and, and Baker Mayfield. That's for other people to do, and I can get in his height and his size, and that does worry me, especially in this division. But to me, if you don't learn from what happened with that situation, what was that, 07, 08? If you can't learn from that, then you don't have any idea and how the Browns work. The Browns need to be paid. Hey, Shanahan, who's a coach out there in San Fran, he had to play, what was it, a 22-point uh, – remember he put together like a thing to get out? He, get, he quit. Oh, oh yeah. This, he quit this, after, 
32 point slideshow presentation. Yes. Yes. Like, like, dude, like you couldn't make this stuff up. Like I'm telling you, you and I are going to write a book in like 10 years. Once the Browns finally make the playoffs and you, myself, Zach Jackson, we're going to write a book from 99 to now. <laughs> and like, and, and most people are going to think it's, it's fiction. They're not going to believe that this is real. <laughs> like this is all real. No. People, it all happened. <laughs> yeah. We're getting Tony Dick involved in that too. The stories that yes. guy's got. Oh, Tony Dick would love to do that. <laughs> uh, Dre Knott, could go on with you for days. It's your first off day in so long. You're at home with your family. I'm letting you get back. Thanks for giving us 35 minutes on LeBron, what the Bay's perception is around the country, the next phase for LeBron, the Lakers, and a little bit of Browns talk at the end. Man, always great catching up with you. Love grabbing drinks this week. We'll talk soon. Absolutely, Kev. I appreciate it. Keep it up to good work. If you ever need anything, you know, just shout me out. Let me know. Uh, and hey, when the football season starts, I'd love to come back on with you, man. Or whenever, whenever you got my number, whenever you want me, hit me up. No, we talk football really well. We'll do, bro. Talk to you soon. Absolutely. Well, we I, we have to tell the people about the difference. And you brought it up, and, and we all have to do it now. But there is something about an NBA game when it tips off, an NFL game when it kicks off, and a Major League Baseball game on first pitch. And there's nothing like the NFL. So we'll just leave that as the tease for the next time we talk. It's yeah, it gives you a high. It's adrenaline. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's like a drug that I've never done. <laughs> Dre not people leaving us with that. We'll talk to you soon, homie. Peace out, brother. Peace. <laughs>the high fashion hotline hi my family has big plans for labor day weekend but our outfits aren't measuring up then get to old navy old navy yep old navy's huge labor day sale is on now get 50 percent off all jeans 50 percent off all dresses 50 percent off all tees and 50 percent off all sweatshirts and hoodies for the whole family 50 percent off all those styles that's a big deal so is this style start at just six bucks at old navy and old navy.com change of plans we're spending the weekend at old navy high fashion old navy valid 830 to 9 3 clearance active licensed and men's package tees whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.